Filthy 47, an audio serial in four parts. Part 4. Here is the story so far, and this is Danvers Nettlefold narrating. England, 1947. Former land girls Joyce and Kay and their two friends, pilot turned pulp author Peter West and flight sergeant Byron Bailey, have stumbled onto a sinister plot to plunge the world back into war. Fate has brought them to the centre of this web of intrigue, the Suffolk stately home of disgruntled aristocrats Sir Reginald and Lady Muriel Thrapsley. Having fallen foul of the scheming Lady Muriel, our intrepid protagonists have managed a daring escape from Thrapsley Hall, but grazed by a bullet and suffering from temporary amnesia, Peter has been recaptured. Joyce has mounted a desperate rescue mission, yet her efforts have been thwarted by an all-female musical trio, the Dinky Don'ts, who it transpires are not all they seem. heroics, young lady, or you'll see those bunch of ladies spit flame once again. Charles, Derek, kindly disarm her and take Mr. West back to his room. Most impressive, Lady Muriel. Indeed, Herr Kessler. Stateless sisters of indeterminate origin, clearly brought up brandishing firearms while their playmates cuddled dolls. Accomplished musicians, yet also ruthless killers, vehemently anti-English. One cannot imagine why. But there it is, recruited from heaven knows where by the Third Reich, trained under Himmler's orders as suicide assassins. Ah, that would explain the consummate professionalism. They were sent over here in 44 in the guise of refugees. The plan was for them to masquerade as Jews in order to discredit the Zionist cause. Conveniently, they could pass as Levantines. Their target was Mr. Churchill. A double agent betrayed them, and we persuaded them not exactly to switch sides, but uh, to do our bidding, shall we say. Although they show some understanding of English, they communicate in a private language of their own. A clever girl at Bletchley Park cracked this little code of theirs and taught me a few words, which I employed a few moments ago to such dramatic effect. Say, isn't that the footman who was serving us dinner last night? I thought all of your people were trustworthy. Well, you thought wrong, Buster. Harold was spying for the Soviets, had been for years. So roll that up in your big fat Cuban cigar and puff away on it. Fräulein, you will tell us all you know. We have ways of making you talk. There, I've said it for you, you fascist fiend. Say, who is this broad anyways? And where I come from, Heine, we don't go smacking our women folk. Ah, yes. Paragons of virtue, you Americans. As are vultures in comparison with Nazis. You fools. Can't you see it's just what the girl wants? To have us all going at each other like rats in a sack. Rats, all right. Slink off back to Hades, you treacherous harridan. You'll pay for that insult, my dear. My nails are sharp and my vengeance extreme. I've had enough. Get me out of this nutso joint. Pack your bags, Miss Duquesne. One last chance, Hessler. Kessler. Whatever your goddamn name is, Pilgrim. Give me that formula, or wave goodbye to your amnesty. You would do well to surrender the formula, Kessler. I'm not in the habit of taking advice from Untermensch. Madame, your arm. If you would permit me. Certainly, Captain. But pray, tell me the purpose of removing my evening glove. In Poland, we have a long and honorable tradition. I demand satisfaction. I have no time for fetuous fripperies. 
Waves that glove in my face again, Captain, and you will be sorry. It is you who will feel sorrow, my friend. I am an expert swordsman and pistol shot. Choose your weapon. The Hauptsturmführer is very lucky to be alive. One can only assume that his mother purchased that belt buckle gun on the black market from some German equivalent of a spiv who deviously neglected to warn her of the likelihood of such a catastrophic malfunction. Ha! <laughs> Poetic justice! I might have guessed a Nazi would refuse to fight an honourable duel. Madame, there are occasions when a man, if he is a man, must behave as a man, or become less than a man. However, since we have not yet obtained the idiotine formula from this, uh, what is your English word, this poltroon, I am prepared to give ground and endeavour to mend fences. Captain, I feel confident in predicting that Herr Kessler will be somewhat less than overjoyed to have you materialise at his bedside. Nevertheless, madame, I must swallow my pride and make the attempt. Where is Kessler now? In that room across the landing. But in all honesty, Captain, you're wasting your... Kessler, I must express deep regret for my hot-headed behaviour. Get him out Do of here! Do not recognise an apology, Nazi scum! Get him out! Please, Captain, can't you see you're making things worse? Kessler, listen to me. These personal matters pale into insignificance when set against the future of Europe without idiotine... scenes. There is no idiot scenes. There never was, you fools. Idioten. Ah, yes, I can see them now, sicking their cocktails at some sun-soaked South American hacienda. <sighs> Remember, now, what was this fellow's name? Kessler. Hoping to impress us all with his grandmaster's plan to set west against east. <laughs> Parachuted into England, so to say. Damn them. Damn all of them. So, Heine, you're nothing but a two-bit tenhorn, a low-down, no-account sidewinder, a small-time snake oil salesman. The Americana. Come to gloat? Yes, I took an unsuccessful gamble for which I am prepared to pay with my life. If I might pour that toy pistol of yours. Be my guest. Let's see if you've got the guts. I'm impressed. But did you really think I'd waste a bullet on you, Heine? You know what these are? U.S. Army dog tags. From the Ardennes. December of 44. See the name? Murchison. Clinton T. Gunned down in cold blood. By you Nazis. <gasps> My inhaler! I cannot reach it. Please! <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't want you dying on us now, Fritz. See? What we're gonna do is... We're gonna get you to a hospital. Then we're gonna nurse you back to health. And then, and only then... We're going to rid the ground of your shadow. We're going to hang you, Hessler. Kessler. Well, I'll be. Just threw the gall darn thing across the room, smashed it up against the wall. Signed his own death warrant. 
Jeepers. The guy sure was hell-bent on proving his point. Fool's gold, that goddamn gas. Should have known better than to trust the word of a Nazi. Anyways, Lady Muriel, guess me and Miss Duquesne will be heading back to London. Sure am sorry how things panned out. Them's the brakes, as I believe your people say across the pond, Mr. Murchison. But don't you see this changes everything? Conflict with Russia is inevitable, and if there's no idiotine, you Americans will use atom bombs. Poland will be in the front line and will suffer all over again. You're forgetting, Captain. Idiothene would have killed millions. Only those loyal to Stalin and his filthy creed. No, madame. I am sorry, but in the light of these developments, I must reconsider my position. He's out cold. Gonna have a doozy of a bruise. The captain was becoming rather tiresome. And since I've long been in the habit of carrying a kosh or blackjack in your parlance, the temptation simply proved too great to resist. Well, I uh, guess we better hit the road. You ready, Miss Duquesne? But what about the floods? We'll take our chances. Wendell, I'm not going. What do you mean, not going? Wendell, I quit. Lady Muriel's offered me a job. Gonna have to find yourself another secretary. Say, what is Let this? Let go my arm, Wendy. Save the caveman act for your wife. Leave my wife out of this. Leave and wife? Now where to hear those two words together before? Why, you cheap little... Well, if that's how you want it, then goodbye, Miss Duquesne. Sounds rather final. Don't worry, Lady Muriel. I can handle Wendy. Did I... did I do wrong? You were going to give me a job. A shade presumptuous, my dear. Oh, oh, Lady Muriel, you must think I'm... And now I've embarrassed you. Oh, gee, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay, Lady M, no more play acting. I got it, and I got it bad, like you wouldn't believe. On account of you, I'm hooked. Just name it and I'll do it. Only please, please don't send me away. <laughs> Are you hungry at all, Flight Sergeant? Mrs. Halliwell left us half a loaf of bread, wrapped in newspaper, which I suppose gives us something to read, although that may prove a challenge by the light of this hurricane lamp, and, oh, there's a flask of tea. Would you like some? Really, this is absurd. You need a doctor. Here, I'll hold the cup. You sip. Many, many thanks, Miss Marna. Most kind. The headscarf, it's such, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> Presumably, Mr. Bailey, you volunteered, came halfway around the world to fight the Nazis. Why? Well, you know how men are. Especially if offered the chance to trade their bicycle for a kite that flies at 350 miles an hour and bristles with machine guns. And you'd do it again? Perhaps. Who knows? Did anyone ever thank you? All these questions. Sorry, I'm being a bore. No, no, not at all. Well, consider yourself thanked and appreciated, if only by me. And I have forgotten that when we were climbing from that window and you started to fall, you deliberately launched yourself clear of me. Was that 
to make sure I wouldn't fall too. You'd have done the same. Thank you. <clears throat> Gossip go round with Sholto Kipper Tanji, man about town. <laughs> Chinless wonder straight out of Woodhouse, judging by that sketch of him. Pop hat and monocle. Doesn't he look daft? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, who listened to this? A little birdie tells me that prior to their appearance at the Cheer em Up charity gala on the Thames, the musical trio, the Dinky Don'ts, will squeeze in an extra special concert for a very exclusive audience at Windsor Castle on the 16th. Isn't that today? Yes. Rumour has it their royal highnesses, Princess Elizabeth and Princess Margaret, will be joined by none other than Mr Churchill himself, while BBC television cameras will be relaying the event to lucky viewers at home. Television. I'd be happy if I never heard that word again. You know, she called him a fat old fool, Lady Muriel. When she was sitting up there in that horrible little room, muttering her way to herself like a madwoman, that fat old fool Churchill, those were her words. Come to think of it, she also said something very strange about Mr Churchill being in no position to boast after tomorrow. That is today, I suppose. Really? You look intrigued. Presumably, then, that's significant. As your brother remarked, Lady Muriel is capable of anything. I don't understand. The Duke of Clarence, Lady Muriel's ancestor. Forgive me, Flight Sergeant, but you're talking in riddles. Well, perhaps it's nothing, but dawn's breaking. Maybe um, you might climb up them hay bells. See if you can see the village, the river. Tell me whether the machine... Machine? The aeroplane. Tell me whether it's still there. Yes? Still there? Moored by the riverside. Look at them all hands, boy. You'd bank on me following you, did you? Oh, I think you'll find Sir Reginald won't be very pleased unless you bring me back alive, Mr. Gins is my name, but he'd be calling you Dear God, is he dead? In all probability. Now, if you could bring me him rifle and any ammunition him I carry. I've just this moment killed a man by dropping a large bale of hay on his head from a considerable height. And now you're expecting me to go through his pockets? Yes, please, Miss Marnham. It's Kay. Catherine, no need to be so absurdly formal. I was brought up not to presume. No, please, we need to prevent that machine from ticking off. So, we're to drive into the village and mount a commando attack. Walk to the village. That shot punctured the petrol tank. Walk in your condition, Flight Sergeant. Besides, Giddens appears to have brought only three spare bullets. Then it's a case of making each one count. I don't understand any of this. Could you please tell me what the Dickens is going on? Why the armed guards? For your protection. As I explained, Peter, you're to fly the dinky don'ts to Windsor Castle. I dinky don't think so. I'm in no fit state to fly. Peter, I'm afraid there's no alternative. You have your orders. Orders? Could I see them, please? Peter, we've no time for this. If you are still unable to remember, then you'll simply have to trust me. Your mission is vital. Who's Joyce? You are to... Joyce? Joyce is an enemy. 
She and her associate very nearly succeeded in sabotaging your mission. Fortunately, we have her in custody. She is no longer a threat. see her? Why? I don't... The truth. Please tell me the truth. Very well. Perhaps you're right, and a more straightforward approach is called for. Peter, what if I were to tell you that should you refuse to undertake this mission, I shall have Joyce killed? You'd better start from the beginning. <laughs> this time last week, someone had told me I'd be helping... Oh, an injured airman across a muddy field in Suffolk at dawn with a... A loaded rifle slung over my shoulder. If you need to stop and rest for a moment... <laughs> <laughs> me? What about you, Flight Sergeant? Must be in absolute agony. Uh, see the church tower? There, between the trees. <laughs> do you think, Joyce and Peter, do you think there's any chance? I am by nature optimistic. Listen to her, Peter. She's certifiable. I don't know what filthy scheme they have in mind, but the dicky don'ts are Nazi-trained suicide Enough. assassins. Enough. Replace the gag. In their bag- and the no. sight of Joyce has jogged your memory, no doubt, Peter. Oh, yes. It's all coming back now, and none of it's pretty. Then you'll fly the aeroplane. Seems I have little choice. Any point asking the purpose of all this? Now is not the proper time for my climactic rant. How do I know you'll spare Joyce's life? You'll just have to live in hope. Well, here we are at the church. Just as well it's unlocked. Now what? Give me the rifle. Them bullets. Go to Mrs. Halliwell. Find a telephone. Must be one somewhere in the village. Whitehall, one, two, one, two. Two words. Burlington, Bertie. Harold may have sent it through already, but just in case. But what about you? I have a job to do here. In the church? The tower. Dennis, you and Terence will drive Peter and the Dinky Don'ts down to the village in the shooting break, where they will board the aeroplane. Dennis will accompany them on the flight and return with Peter. If anyone should get in the way, man or woman, kill them. And then you'll free Joyce. Provided my conditions are fulfilled. You'll apologise for Mr Jenks' absence. Tell them he was taken ill at the last moment. The girls understand enough English to get by without him. Do you think I might catch a glimpse of Mr Churchill? The princesses. I neither know nor care. The Goyles are going to play for Churchill and your royal family? <gasps> Gee, sure wish I could go along. You can view the concert from here on television, Miss Duquesne. A live broadcast is being laid on by the BBC. <gasps> now, ain't that something? Well, safe journey, flyboy. <laughs> Break a wing. Thank you. Bon voyage. Ah, Joyce, my dear. If I remove the gag, will you promise to refrain from tedious insults? I feel the need to converse with someone who isn't a half-wit. And you, by a narrow margin, qualify. And please bear in mind that this weapon... At a conservative estimate, boasts a cyclic rate of fire of some 500 rounds per minute. Ripping you to shreds would be child's play. You know you won't get away with this lunacy. I beg to differ. 
Think yourself fortunate, my dear, to be among the select few to witness the world's first televised assassination live from Windsor Castle. But why? Why? Never mind that non-entity Attlee. It's all the fault of that rattled old egotist Churchill and those Jewish plutocrats pulling his strings. If he hadn't dug in his heels, we might have reached an understanding with Herr Hitler and retained our empire. And everyone fawning over those Saxe-Coburg sisters. I've a far more valid claim to the throne, being a direct descendant of George Plantagenet, Duke of Clarence. Imagine the whole sorry lot of them dispatched by Zionist zealots, or so it will appear. A nation cruelly betrayed by those three doe-eyed musical refugees that had taken to its hearts. That should set the cat among the pigeons, wouldn't you say? Dennis, I assume you have no qualms about being an accessory to murder. Cut the chat, chum. Listening like a bunch of fives. Look out, there's somebody crossing the village square. Just there, look, woman in scarf. I've seen her before. She's Miriam. You heard what Lady Muriel said. Let her have it. Kay, are you alright? Peter! Get rid of that flying helmet! Byron's up in the church tower with a rifle. He thinks your name! Look out, dearie! Mrs. Hallett! They shot her. The dinky don'ts. Well, you three, try a taste of your own medicine. Were those gunshots? I'll wager my friends down there are in the process of queering your pitch, Lady Muriel. Yes? Who is it? Only me, Lady M. Just came to tell you there's been some shooting going on down in the village. So we heard. They've been making like the Mexican Revolution down there. But the plane got away. You saw it take off? Sure. I was watching from the window. Say, you're going to put the concert on the television? Perhaps you could help me. I was just preparing to record the event for posterity on a gramophone disc. Oh, gee. That's a swell notion. That reminds me. Lady M, there's something I've been meaning to ask. Is it true? But jeez, how could it be? Just some crazy rumor, I guess. Because let's face it, even you could never talk them or all talk people who into... into what, my dear? Wendy said he heard you got it all recorded on a television disc. Maybe 30 minutes worth stashed away somewhere. A mere seven minutes, actually. Voila! Oh. Jesus H. Eisenhower! So it really is true. It was your countrywoman who invited me to strip down to my pearls and join in. The uh, technique you see being demonstrated here is, I'm told, quite popular in the flesh pots of Shanghai. Great Scott! For once, I'm speechless. I am. Um, the shot, Mrs. Halliwell. You never knew her, Peter. She was... I just... Well, I just saw Red. Saw the footman's gun lying there. Picked it up and... Don't worry, Kate. It's all over. Oh, there's Byron. Thank heavens. Sight for sore eyes, old man. Even if he nearly did take my head off with that rifle. Ah, yes. Sorry about that, Peter. 
nothing, nothing well, personal. Well, you hadn't taken care of the driver just as he was about to plug me, I'd have bought it there and then. So I find myself once again in your debt, old friend. Like old times, eh? Hello, what's this? Most untidy. Maitland! About the last person I expect to see emerging from a helicopter brandishing an automatic, Dillinger rides again. Careful, it might go off. What the hell are you doing here? I might ask the same question of you, West. Game as quick as we could, BB. Sydney. So I did send a message. And our haste had better be justified. Forced me to cancel a fishing trip I'd been looking forward to for months. Well, some of us wish you had swanned off to Moray Flipping Perth. Know that term bet noir? Well, Mr. Maitland here, he's mine. His department's always poking its snout into my department's business. Your department functioned competently, Sydney. Intervention would be unnecessary. We've known about Sir Rizal for quite some time. Left my lot to find out for ourselves, I ask you. One big happy family, us defence of the realm, Wallace. Anyhow, baby, weren't you meant to be listening out for loose talking Watford? Fate decreed otherwise. So what's the story? Wasn't the charity gala after all. It was Windsor Castle. Today. Crikey! Churchill and the princesses! But why them and not Atlee? Sir Reginald did target the Prime Minister. But I think you'll find Lady Muriel has her own private agenda. Personal grudge. Can't say I have much of an idea of what's going on. But you may be interested to know that the Dinky Don'ts are were not shy refugees, but suicide assassins trained by the Nazis. Presumably you can back this up with proof. Silenced guns concealed in their banjolelis. Go look for yourself, Maitland. They're in the shooting break. Mind the blood. And now, if you recall, Mr. Sidney, you have a bargain to keep. Don't worry, baby. You haven't forgot. Although something else does seem to have slipped your minds. Joyce is still being held prisoner. That sounds like one of them helicopter gizmos. Yes, it would seem I'm guilty of the most appalling lapse of judgment, Miss Duquesne. If that's your real name. You're not the first, Lady M. I'm just so darn cute. (laughs) Drop the gun, Lady Muriel. I would advise you to comply, madame. My magazine is fully loaded, and I came joint seventh in the Polish National Pistol Shooting Championship of 1938. Congratulations, Captain. I trust that bump on your head won't impair your aim. Good timing, guys. Yes, bravo, chaps. Office of Strategic Services, no doubt. We started calling ourselves Central Intelligence. Good show. The cavalry to the rescue. Another mistake. Removing that gag. You see, Lady M, we heard a rumour. A real doozy. About some, uh, how can I say it? Compromising television pictures recorded on a disc. Sounded like a lot of hooey. But they sort of stuck around like a bad smell, those rumours. And if there was any truth to them, and that truth were to come out, well... Anglo-American embarrassment on a scale unprecedented. Should have picked your playmates with more care, Lady M. Word gets around. All those swanky Mayfair cocktail parties. Ironically, my dear, that disc was never intended for public consumption. Merely an amusing little memento. We couldn't take that chance. You came here to safeguard U.S. interests, Miss, uh... Scheinberg. Esther Scheinberg. Sorry, Wendell. You're an American. What else matters? Look for the clue in the name. And my people should take the rap for Lady M's screwy little vendetta? Enough already. Hey. 
The game's up, Lady Muriel. Plead insanity and you might just avoid the noose. Could someone please untie me at the first convenient opportunity? These bombs are chafing something chronic. Oh, and nice to see you're with us too, Captain. I am merely serving my country's best interests, as has always been my policy. And of course you lied about the aeroplane getting away, Miss Scheinberg. Uh Uh-huh. I slipped Wendy's Derringer to that pilot guy, Mr. West, when I was wishing him luck. Well done, that woman. You have a pretty good view of the village from up here and from what I saw from the window. Looks like he found a use for it. I'm sure Peter and the flight sergeant have matters well in hand. You'll appreciate that being steeped in spite and malice makes me an exceedingly poor loser. All I'd ask is that I be permitted the satisfaction of taking you with me. Mate, watch out for that footman. Good shooting, Mr. Sidney. More luck than judgment. There's another one, top of the stairs. Hold your fire, Maitland, you fool. It's Joyce. Peter! Oh, thank God. And Kay and the flight sergeant. Yes, they're safe. Ah, Mr. West, it seems that life of late has been imitating your detective fiction, does it not? Yes, Captain. Rather too closely for my liking. Where's Murchison? The American threw himself in the line of fire to shield the rest of us. A gesture of exceptional courage. A mensch. That's my Wendell. Gone where heroes go. Here is the BBC News, and this is Danvers Nettlefold reading it. It is with deep regret that we announce today the tragic deaths of Sir Reginald Thrapsley and his wife Lady Muriel in a road accident close to their country home, Thrapsley Hall in Suffolk. In other news, it has been reported that an aircraft carrying the well-known radio comedian, Mr Jehoshaphat Jenks, and popular all-female musical trio, the Dinky Don'ts, crashed and burst into flames this morning while attempting an emergency landing several miles north of London. There were no survivors. Ah, Kay. Did you give the flight sergeant my regards? Would have gone with you to the hospital if not for this beastly headache and... Well, anyway, how is the redoubtable Mr Bailey? Fine. He should be out in a day or two. And you'll be waiting? I think not. There's, um, someone else. Another visitor already at his bedside. Young woman, dark, very pretty. Uh, Saw her kiss him on the forehead, very tenderly. Oh, I see. Sticky sitch. But never mind me. You don't look at all well. Hardly surprising, I suppose, after what we've been through. Damn close-run thing. If I hadn't managed to topple over my chair at the very last moment... And, as I understand it, if Miss Scheinberg hadn't slipped Peter that little gun, he couldn't have prevented that footman from shooting you down in the village square. Yes. We weren't all of us so fortunate, though. You mean Harold? Mrs. Halliwell, Kay, I'm so sorry. You've heard nothing from Peter? His remedy seems to be to plunge straight into another novel. Knows what's best for him, I expect. Joyce, what is it? There's more than you're saying. I'm... All right, you might as well know. I'm going to have a baby, and before you ask, it's Peter's, though there was a time when you'd have been perfectly justified in wondering whose. Not that it's any of Peter's concern. Don't be ridiculous. Of course it is. You see, I, uh, well, not to put too fine a point on it, Kay, I seduced him. 
And in any case, as I said, Peter's remedy is isolation. Pretty selfish sort of remedy, if you ask me. Hello, Joyce. Been looking for you everywhere. Finally saw you hop on this bus. So how have you been keeping? I told Kay not to tell you. Well, I'm grateful she did. And you're absolutely certain? Absolutely. It doesn't have to be your business. You don't want it to be? I don't hold you responsible, Peter. There are things that can be done. Would you want that? Would you? Only if you would. I was merely suggesting one solution. Well, there are others I can think of. Such as? Well, you wouldn't happen to have one that's been passed down through the family, would you? Is it safe to assume you mean... If so, then the answer is no. Well, it's that then, I suppose. I mean, no, I don't happen to have one that's been passed down through the family. But I'd be perfectly content with the cheapest we can find that fits my finger. Twigden, Leonora. I'm looking for Mr Peter West. I'm afraid you've just missed him. Oh, I see. Um, I work for Mr West's publisher. We've met before, I'm I've sure. I've painted quite a few of Peter's covers. Ah, uh, yes. Then you and your model deserve a portion of the credit. In fact, perhaps, the lion's share. I'm not sure I understand. Would you like a cup of tea? I'd be happy to pass on a message. Howard Hughes. I'm sorry. That American multimillionaire who spends his time designing brassiers and larking about in aeroplanes. One of Peter's novels came to his attention. It seems he found one of his aircraft mechanics reading it. Knowing Mr Hughes's much publicised predilections, I dare say it was your cover painting that caught his eye. And now he wishes to purchase the motion picture rights. Hollywood! It's all so terribly exciting. But I expect, knowing Mr Maitland, he hasn't mentioned it to Peter. Not to my knowledge, no! Mr Hughes's secretary called again yesterday. It's my impression Mr Hughes is quite capricious and may lose interest if he doesn't hear from Peter very soon. I gather you've all been through a rather trying time. You might say that. Well, at least they've seen fit to release Flight Sergeant Bailey's sister. Sister? Yes, it's all very hush-hush. But I overheard Mr Maitland on the telephone, speaking to his spy master, which led me to undertake a little detective work of my own. You know, it's a disgrace that the poor woman should end up behind bars when she came all the way from Jamaica to volunteer as a nurse and was only defending her honour. There were witnesses. Sister. The air vice-marshal was undeniably behaving in the most ungentlemanly fashion. Good on Miss Bailey for knocking him out cold, that's what I say. If Mr Maitland's office wall weren't so paper-thin, I'd be none the wiser. You know, it shouldn't be allowed. Mr Maitland should be ashamed of himself. It's outright blackmail. Blackmail? Implying they'd leave Miss Bailey there in Holloway and throw away the key if the flight sergeant refused to play along. The intelligence services surely don't go about recruiting all their agents by such underhanded means. One would hope not. I'm sorry, I know. I'm the most dreadful chatterbox. Not at all, Miss Twigden. You're an absolute angel. You have been listening to Filthy 47, and this is Danvers Nettlefold reading out the cast in alphabetical order. Stuart Briggs played Harold and Mr Sidney. Andrew Coppin was Peter West. Robin Dennis played Sir Reginald Thrapsley. Myra Ford was Lady Muriel and Mrs Halliwell. Clifford Hume played Jehoshaphat Jenks and, um, my good self, the newsreader. Played them rather well, I thought. <laughs> now, where was I? Oh, yeah, yes. Paul Keller was P. Wendell Murchison. Catherine Moran played Joyce. Madeline Raymond was Miss Twigden. Lisa Rostwelling was Loretta Duquesne. 
Ashley Lloyd Shaw played Byron Bailey. Adrian Trouse was Kessler. Rebecca Davin Watson played Kay. And Charlie Wiseman took the role of the Polish captain. In addition, we have Mr. David Nissen and Kletz Merko to thank for the theme music. And Mr. Jerry Edzar for the brief harmonica solo in episode one. Production and direction were by Paul Dryland and Richard Raymond, with the latter also responsible for the script. Thank you.